Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 10, Texts 8 through 22. Text 8. Afterwards, when the Lord asked permission to depart, and the king gave it, the Lord offered his respects to Maharaj Yudhisthira by bowing down at his feet, and the king embraced him. After this, the Lord, being embraced by others and receiving their obeisances, got into his chariot. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Maharaj Yudhisthira was the elder cousin of Lord Krishna, and therefore while departing from him, the Lord bowed down at the king's feet. The king embraced him as a younger brother, although the king knew perfectly well that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. The Lord takes pleasure when some of his devotees accept him as less important in terms of love. No one is greater than or equal to the Lord, but he takes pleasure in being treated as younger than his devotees. These are all transcendental pastimes of the Lord. The impersonalist cannot enter into the supernatural roles played by the devotee of the Lord. Thereafter, Bhima and Arjuna embraced the Lord because they were of the same age. But Nakula and Sahadev bowed down before the Lord, because they were younger than he. Texts 9 and 10 At that time, Subhadra, Draupadi, Kunti, Uttara, Gandhari, Dhritarashtra, Yuyutsu, Kripacharya, Nakula, Sahadev, Bhimasena, Domya, and Satyavati all nearly fainted because it was impossible for them to bear separation from Lord Krishna. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda Lord Sri Krishna is so attractive for the living beings, especially for the devotees, that it is impossible for them to tolerate separation. The conditioned soul, under the spell of illusory energy, forgets the Lord. Otherwise, he cannot. The feeling of such separation cannot be described, but it can be simply imagined by devotees only. After his separation from Vrindavan, and the innocent rural cowherd boys, girls, ladies, and others, they all felt shock throughout their lives, and the separation of Radharani, the most beloved cowherd girl, is beyond expression. Text 
Once, they met at Kurukshetra during a solar eclipse, and the feeling which was expressed by them is heartrending. There is, of course, a difference in the qualities of the transcendental devotees of the Lord, but none of them who have ever contacted the Lord by direct communion or otherwise can leave him for a moment. That is the attitude of the pure devotee. Texts 11 and 12. The intelligent, who have understood the Supreme Lord in association with pure devotees, and have become freed from bad, materialistic association, can never avoid hearing the glories of the Lord, even though they have heard them only once. How then could the Pandavas tolerate his separation? For they had been intimately associated with his person, seeing him face to face, touching him, conversing with him, and sleeping, sitting, and dining with him. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda The living being's constitutional position is one of serving a superior. He is obliged to serve by force the dictates of the illusory material energy in different phases of sense gratification. And, in serving the senses, he is never tired. Even though he may be tired, the illusory energy perpetually forces him to do so without being satisfied. There is no end to such sense gratificatory business, and the conditioned soul becomes entangled in such servitude without hope of release. The release is only affected by association with pure devotees. By such association, one is gradually promoted to his transcendental consciousness. Thus he can know that his eternal position is to render service unto the Lord and not to the perverted senses in the capacity of lust, anger, desire to lord it over, etc. Material society friendship, and love, are all different phases of lust. Home, country, family, society, wealth, and all sorts of corollaries are all causes of bondage in the material world, where the threefold miseries of life are concomitant factors. By associating with pure devotees and by hearing them submissively, Attachment for material enjoyment becomes slackened, and attraction for hearing about the transcendental activities of the Lord becomes prominent. Once they are, they will go on progressively, without stoppage, like fire in gunpowder. It is said that Hari, the personality of Godhead, is so transcendentally attractive that even those who are self-satisfied by self-realization and are factually liberated from all material bondage also become devotees of the Lord. Under the circumstances, it is easily understood what must have been the position of the Pandavas, who were constant companions of the Lord. They could not even think of separation from Sri Krishna, 
since the attraction was more intense for them because of continuous personal contact. His remembrance by his form, quality, name, fame, pastimes, etc., is also attractive for the pure devotee. So much so that he forgets all forms, quality, name, fame, and activities of the mundane world. And due to his mature association with pure devotees, he is not out of contact with the Lord for a moment. Text 13. All their hearts were melting for him on the pot of attraction. They looked at him without blinking their eyes, and they moved hither and thither in perplexity. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Krishna is naturally attractive for all living beings because he is the chief eternal amongst all eternals. He alone is the maintainer of the many eternals. This is stated in the Kata Upanishad, and thus one can obtain permanent peace and prosperity by revival of one's eternal relation with him, now forgotten under the spell of Maya, the illusory energy of the Lord. Once this relation is slightly revived, the conditioned soul at once becomes freed from the illusion of material energy and becomes mad after the association of the Lord. This association is made possible not only by personal contact with the Lord, but also by association with his name, fame, form, and quality. Srimad Bhagavatam trains the conditioned soul to this stage of perfection by submissive hearing from the pure devotee. Text 14. The female relatives, whose eyes were flooded with tears out of anxiety for Krishna, came out of the palace. They could stop their tears only with great difficulty. They feared that tears would cause misfortune at the time of departure. Purport by Srila Prabhupada there were hundreds of ladies in the palace of Hastinapur. All of them were affectionate to Krishna. All of them were relatives also. When they saw that Krishna was going away from the palace for his native place, they were very anxious for him, and as usual, tears began to roll down their cheeks. They thought, at the same time, that tears at that moment might be a cause of misfortune for Krishna. Therefore, they wanted to check them. This was very difficult for them, because the tears could not be checked. Therefore, they smeared the tears in their eyes, and their hearts throbbed. Therefore, ladies who were the wives and daughters-in-law of those who died in the battlefield never came in direct contact with Krishna. But all of them heard of him and his great activities, 
and thus they thought of him, talked of him, his name, fame, etc., and became affectionate also, like those who were in direct contact. Therefore, directly or indirectly, anyone who thinks of Krishna, talks of Krishna, or worships Krishna, becomes attached to him. Because Krishna is absolute, there is no difference between his name, form, qualities, etc. Our intimate relation with Krishna can be confidentially revived by our talking of, hearing of, or remembering him. It is so done due to spiritual potency. Texts 15 and 16. While the Lord was departing from the palace of Hastinapur, different types of drums, like the Murdanga, Dhol, Nagra, Dundudi, and Dundubi, and flutes of different types, the Veena, Gomuka, and Beri, all sounded together to show him honor. Out of a loving desire to see the Lord, the royal ladies of the Kurus got on top of the palace, and, smiling with affection and shyness, they showered flowers upon the Lord. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Shyness is a particular extra-natural beauty of the fair sex, and it commands respect from the opposite sex. This custom was observed even during the days of the Mahabharata, in other words, more than 5,000 years ago. It is only the less intelligent persons, not well-versed in the history of the world, who say that the observance of separation of female from male is an introduction of the Mohammedan period in India. This incident, from the Mahabharata period, proves definitely that the ladies of the palace observed strict pardha, restricted association with men. And instead of coming down into the open air where Lord Krishna and others were assembled, the ladies of the palace went up to the top of the palace and from there paid respects to Lord Krishna by a shower of flowers. It is definitely stated here that the ladies were smiling there on top of the palace, checked by shyness. This shyness is a gift of nature to the fair sex, and it enhances their beauty and prestige, even if they are of a less important family, or even if they are less attractive. We have practical experience of this fact. A sweeper woman commanded the respect of many respectable gentlemen simply by manifesting a lady's shyness. Half-naked ladies in the street do not command any respect, but a shy sweeper's wife commands respect from all. Human civilization, as conceived of by the sages of India, is to help one free himself from the clutches of illusion. The material beauty of a woman is an illusion, because actually the body is made of earth, water, fire, air, 
etc. But because there is the association of the living spark with matter, it appears to be beautiful. No one is attracted by an earthen doll, even if it is most perfectly prepared to attract the attention of others. The dead body has no beauty, because no one will accept the dead body of a so-called beautiful woman. Therefore, the conclusion is that the spirit spark is beautiful, and because of the soul's beauty, one is attracted by the beauty of the outward body. The Vedic wisdom, therefore, forbids us to be attracted by false beauty. But because we are now in the darkness of ignorance, the Vedic civilization allows very restricted mixing of woman and man. They say that the woman is considered to be the fire, and the man is considered to be the butter. The butter must melt in the association with fire, and therefore they may be brought together only when it is necessary. And shyness is a check to the unrestricted mixing. It is nature's gift, and it must be utilized. Text 17. At that time, Arjuna, the great warrior and conqueror of sleep, who is the intimate friend of the most beloved Supreme Lord, took up an umbrella which had a handle of jewels and was embroidered with lace and pearls. Report by Srila Prabhupada. Gold, jewels, pearls, and valuable stones were used in the luxurious royal ceremonies. They are all nature's gifts and are produced by the hills, oceans, etc., by the order of the Lord, when man does not waste his valuable time in producing unwanted things in the name of necessities. By so-called development of industrial enterprises, they are now using pots of gucha percha instead of metals like gold, silver, brass, and copper. They are using margarine instead of purified butter, and one-fourth of the city population has no shelter. Texts 18 and 19. Uddhava and Satyaki began to fan the Lord with decorated fans, and the Lord, as the master of Madhu, seated on scattered flowers, commanded them along the road. It was being heard here and there that the benedictions being paid to Krishna were neither befitting nor unbefitting, because they were all for the Absolute, who was now playing the part of a human being. Report by Srila Prabhupada At places, there were sounds of Vedic benediction aiming at the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. The benedictions were fitting in the sense that the Lord was playing the part of a human being, as if a cousin of Maharaj Yudhisthira. But they were also unfitting 
because the Lord is absolute and has nothing to do with any kind of material relativities. He is nirguna, or there are no material qualities in him, but he is full of transcendental qualities. In the transcendental world, there is nothing contradictory, whereas in the relative world, everything has its opposite. In the relative world, white is the opposite conception of black. But in the transcendental world, there is no distinction between white and black. Therefore, the sounds of benedictions uttered by the learned Brahmins here and there appear to be contradictory in relation with the Absolute Person. But when they are applied to the Absolute Person, they lose all contradiction and become transcendental. One example may clear this idea. Lord Sri Krishna is sometimes described as a thief. He is very famous amongst his pure devotees as the Mukanchur. He used to steal butter from the houses of neighbors at Vrindavan in his early age. Since then, he is famous as a thief. But, in spite of his being famous as a thief, he is worshipped as a thief, whereas in the mundane world, a thief is punished and is never praised. Since he is the absolute personality of Godhead, everything is applicable to him. And still, in spite of all contradictions, he is the supreme personality of Godhead. Text 20 Absorbed in the thought of the transcendental qualities of the Lord, who is sung in select poetry, the ladies on the roofs of all the houses of Hastinapur began to talk of him. This talk was more attractive than the hymns of the Vedas. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that in all the Vedic literatures, the goal is the personality of Godhead, Śrī Krishna. Factually, the glories of the Lord are depicted in such literature as the Vedas, Ramayana, and Mahabharat. And in the Bhagavatam, they are specifically mentioned in respect to the Supreme Lord. Therefore, while the ladies on the tops of the houses in the capital of the kings of the Kuru dynasty were talking about the Lord, their talk was more pleasing than the Vedic hymns. Anything sung in the praise of the Supreme Lord, is Shruti Mantra. There are songs of Thakur Narottam Das, one of the Acharyas in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, composed in simple Bengali language. But Thakur Vishwanacharkabharti, another very learned Acharya of the same Sampradaya, has approved the songs by Narottam Das Thakur to be as good as Vedic mantras. And this is so because of the subject matter. The language is immaterial, but the subject matter is important. The ladies, who were all absorbed in the thought and actions of the Lord, developed the consciousness of Vedic wisdom by the grace of the Lord. And therefore, although such ladies might not have been very learned scholars in Sanskrit or otherwise, still, whatever they spoke was more attractive than the Vedic hymns. 
The Vedic hymns and the Upanishads are sometimes indirectly directed to the Supreme Lord. But the talks of the ladies were directly spoken of the Lord, and thus they were more pleasing to the heart. The ladies' talks appeared to be more valuable than the learned Brahmin's benedictions. Text 21. They said, Here he is, the original personality of Godhead, as we definitely remember him. He alone existed before the manifested creation of the modes of nature, and in him only, because he is the Supreme Lord, all living beings merge as if sleeping at night their energy suspended. Purport by Srila Prabhupada There are two types of dissolution of the manifested cosmos. At the end of every 4,320,000,000 solar years, when Brahma, the lord of one particular universe, goes to sleep, there is one annihilation. And, at the end of Brahma's life, which takes place at the end of Brahma's 100 years of age, and our calculation, at the end of 8,640,000,000 times 30 times 12 times 100 solar years, there is complete annihilation of the entire universe. And in both the periods, both the material energy, called the Mahatattva, and the marginal energy, called jiva-tattva, merge in the person of the Supreme Lord. The living beings remain asleep within the body of the Lord until there is another creation of the material world. And that is the way of the creation, maintenance, and annihilation of the material manifestation. The material creation is effected by the interaction of the three modes of material nature set in action by the Lord. And therefore, it is said here that the Lord existed before the modes of material nature were set in motion. In the Shruti Mantra, it is said that only Vishnu, the Supreme Lord, existed before the creation, and there was no Brahma, Shiva, or other demigods. Vishnu means the Mahavishnu, who is lying in the causal ocean. By his breathing only, all the universes are generated in seeds and gradually develop into gigantic forms with innumerable planets within each and every universe. The seeds of universes develop into gigantic forms in the way seeds of a banyan tree develop into numberless banyan trees. This Mahavishnu is a plenary portion of Lord Sri Krishna, who is mentioned in the Brahma Samhita 548 as follows. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto the original personality of Godhead, Govinda, whose plenary portion is the Mahavishnu. All the Brahmas, the heads of the universes, live only for the period of his exhaling, 
after the universes are generated from the pores of his transcendental body. Thus, Govinda, or Lord Krishna, is the cause of Mahavishnu also. The ladies, talking about this Vedic truth, must have heard it from authoritative sources. An authoritative source is the only means of knowing about transcendental subject matter definitely. There is no alternative. The merging of the living beings into the body of Mahavishnu takes place automatically at the end of Brahma's 100 years. But that does not mean that the individual living being loses his identity. The identity is there. And as soon as there is another creation by the supreme will of the Lord, all the sleeping, inactive living beings are again let loose to begin their activities in the continuation of past different spheres of life. It is called Subtotita Nyaya, or awakening from sleep, and again engaging in one's respective continuous duty. When a man is asleep at night, he forgets himself, what he is, what his duty is, and everything of his waking state. But as soon as he awakens from slumber, he remembers all that he has to do, and thus engages himself again in his prescribed activities. The living beings also remain merged in the body of Mahavishnu during the period of annihilation. But as soon as there is another creation, they arise to take up their unfinished work. This is also confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 8, 18, and 19. The Lord existed before the creative energy was set in action. The Lord is not a product of the material energy. His body is completely spiritual, and there is no difference between his body and himself. Before creation, the Lord remained in his abode, which is absolute and one. Text 22. The personality of Godhead, again desiring to give names and forms to his parts and parcels, the living entities, placed them under the guidance of material nature. By his own potency, material nature is empowered to recreate. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The living entities are parts and parcels of the Lord. They are of two varieties, namely Nitya Mukta and Nitya Badha. The Nitya Muktas are eternally liberated souls, and they are eternally engaged in the reciprocation of transcendental loving service with the Lord in his eternal abode beyond the manifested mundane creations. But the Nitya Badha or eternally conditioned souls, are entrusted to his external energy, maya, for the rectification of their rebellious attitude toward the Supreme Father. Nityabhadhas are eternally forgetful of their relationship with the Lord, as his parts and parcels. They are bewildered by the illusory energy as products of matter, 
and thus they are very busy in making plans in the material world for becoming happy. They go on merrily with plans, but by the will of the Lord, both the plan makers and the plans are annihilated at the end of a certain period, as above mentioned. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.7 as follows. O son of Kunti, at the end of the millennium, all the living entities merge into my nature, and again when the time of creation is ripe, I begin creation by the agency of my external energy. The word buhya indicates again and again. That is to say, the process of creation, maintenance, and annihilation is going on perpetually by the external energy of the Lord. He is the cause of everything, but the living beings or constitutionally part and parcel of the Lord, and are forgetful of the sweet relation, are given the chance again and again to get rid of the clutches of the external energy and to revive the living being's consciousness. The revealed scriptures are also created by the Lord. Vedic literatures are the guiding directions for the conditioned souls so that they can get freed from the repetition of creation and annihilation of the material world and the material body. The Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita, This created world and material energy are under my control. Under the influence of Prakriti, automatically they are created again and again, and this is done by me through the agency of my external energy. Actually, the spiritual spark living entities have no material names or forms. But in order to fulfill their desire to lord it over the material energy of material forms and names, they are given a chance for such false enjoyment. And at the same time, they are given a chance to understand the real position through the revealed scriptures. The foolish and forgetful living being is always busy with false forms and false names. Modern nationalism is the culmination of such false names and false forms. Men are mad after false name and form. The form of body, obtained under certain conditions, is taken up as factual, and the name, also taken, bewilders the conditioned soul into misusing the energy in the name of so many isms. The scriptures, however, supply the clue for understanding the real position. But men are reluctant to take lessons from the scriptures created by the Lord for different places and times. For example, the Bhagavad Gita is the guiding principle for all human beings. But by the spell of material energy, they do not take care to carry out the programs of life in terms of Bhagavad Gita. Srimad Bhagavatam is the postgraduate study of knowledge for one who has thoroughly understood the principles of the Bhagavad Gita. Unfortunately, people have no taste for them, and therefore they are under the clutches of Maya for repetition of birth and death. <laughs>